Okay, there it is. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Um, <laughs> Turning the volume down. That was very loud. Good morning. Happy Friday. Friday. Um, welcome to Rock the Boat, sis. Rock it. A podcast. Wait. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Thank you. A podcast all about having a voice. Being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Not being afraid to talk about all of the things. And realizing you're, you're not, not alone. alone. Um, happy Hi. Friday. We are so glad that you are joining us. And in season two, in season two, we're, we're deep, deep into, into season, season two. two. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I know that like we record prior and release. So we're probably in March. I think it's early March right now that this episode is going to be dropping. Great. But today actually is February 5th. Yeah. Which is Alex's, Alex's birthday. birthday. Feliz cumpleaños a ti. En tu día feliz. Feliz cumpleaños a Alex. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. Stop getting sexy. <laughs> feliz cumpleaños you are Marilyn Monroeing this right in front of me. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. Um, you can sing that to me. Yeah. All right, but happy for real, birthday. happy birthday, Alex. Love you. What are we doing for Alex's birthday, Lily? We're having a big old frat party. Tell me about it. Um, so it's at our house. Yep. Um, we've invited Alex's friends. We got a kegger. We're yep. having pizza, queso. I made jello shots last night. We're going to play beer pong. Beer pong, flip cup, you name it. We're going to do it. I have cards against humanity. I have actual cards. I bought <laughs> beer pong balls last night and solo cups. Yep. And everyone's coming dressed as a sorority sister or a frat bro. And, and we're going to play music from the early 2000s. Alex has already made his playlist and made me listen to it like four times. <laughs> He's so excited. He's like, you want to hear my playlist? Oh my gosh. Like, no, it's the same five songs that you listen to all the time. So I'm good. Does it have Usher? Yes. Does it have TLC? No. 98 Degrees? No. Oh. I'm telling you, it's literally all Alex listens to. What is that? Um, It's Usher and then it's also like, um, God, I can't even think of all the music that it is right now, but it's just okay. like, it's all the music that he enjoys. Right. So he's going to play that in like one small confined area. Mm -hmm. And then on the other two TVs, we're going to have music for everybody else. To listen I can't to. wait. I know. Maybe we're going to, um, put Alex's name in Greek letters and put it on the front of the house, like a frat house. And we're going all out, all out themed parties. Are our thing. Yes. So we'll update you on that afterwards. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Next, next podcast or in two podcasts. Cause yeah. this podcast is going to be a twofer. Yeah. We're doing a little two parter on this, um, episode. And as we talk about in our intro, you know, rock the boat sis is all about having a voice and speaking, speaking up about things that are uncomfortable and not being afraid to talk about all of the things. So today we're definitely going to get a little deeper into some deeper waters and talk about some things that are uncomfortable. And yeah, it, I would like to give a trigger warning. Um, this episode and potentially the next, which I will also give a trigger warning for, is going to cover things um, such as sexual abuse. So if that's not something that you are um, able to listen to right now, we totally understand and just, you know, we love you. We love you. And, you know, join us back in a couple episodes. Yeah. Cool. Leah, you want to talk about any or like give them an understanding of where you're going to head today as well? Um. So mine, my, what I want to talk about is mostly kind of like pink tax. I've done a little research on it. Mm -hmm. um, I've also want to talk about my experiences growing up as a woman. Um, I went to an all girls Catholic school. I literally was like my dad's only child. Yeah. Or girl. Yeah. 
Um, so hearing a man's perspective on life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of talk about those things, but then also like my college experience has been totally different than when I was in high school and now my life now. Yeah. And I grew up in a military household in East Tennessee in the Bible belt in a Christian household. Um, and my faith is still very present in my life, but learning as an adult, like being a woman in the deep South purity culture, youth group, and then having gone through a divorce and being a single adult now in the church. Um, I want to talk about that experience as well. So we're going to dive in deep. And again, just as like a, I guess, disclosure, these are our thoughts and opinions on the subject. These are our personal experiences. We don't claim to have, you know, any expertise, any expertise or like, we're not saying this is how it is for everyone because you might be listening and, and have a completely different experience and that's a hundred percent. Okay. Yes. Um, but we want to talk about our experiences so that people, if they've had a similar one, know that they're not alone, that you're, we're right there with you. Yeah. Sister. Yeah. So, um, there has been a video that was released. I don't know when it was released. I feel like it was a few years ago. I've never seen it before. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I I first watched it a couple years ago, and I literally just remember the name of it when we were talking about the content for this episode, and I'd love to play it for you guys. Um, It is about two minutes long, so we're going to go ahead and let that play, and then we're going to come back to you. Yep. Y'all ready? Put your seatbelts on. We love you. Let's jump in. Let's go. they said your skirt is too short your shirt is too low don't show so much skin cover up leave something to the imagination don't be a temptress men can't control themselves men have needs look sexy look hot don't be so provocative you're asking for it wear black wear heels you're too dressed up you're too dressed down you look like you've let yourself go be a lady they said don't be too fat don't be too thin eat up slim down Stop eating so much. Order a salad. Don't eat carbs. Skip dessert. Go on a diet. God, you look like a skeleton. Why don't you just eat? You look emaciated. You look sick. Men like women with some meat on their bones. Be a size zero. Be a double zero. Be nothing. Be less than nothing. Be a lady, they said. Remove your body hair. Bleach this, bleach that. Eradicate your scars. Cover your stretch marks. Plump your lips. Botox your wrinkles. Lift your face. Tuck your tummy. Perk up your boobs. Look natural. You're trying too hard. You look overdone. Men don't like girls who try too hard. Be a lady, they said. Wear makeup. Highlight your cheekbones. Line your lids. Fill in your brows. Lengthen your lashes. Color your lips. Powder, blush, bronze, highlight. Your hair is too short. Dye your hair, not blue. That looks unnatural. Look young. Old is ugly. Men don't like ugly. Be a lady, they said. Save yourself. Be pure. Don't be a whore. Don't sleep around. Men don't like sluts. Don't be a prude. Don't be so uptight. Smile more. Pleasure men. Be experienced. Be sexual. Be innocent. Be dirty. Be the cool girl. Don't be like the other girls. Be a lady, they said. Don't talk too loud. Don't talk too much. Don't be intimidating. Why are you so miserable? Don't be a bitch. Don't be so bossy. Don't be so emotional. Don't cry. Don't yell. Don't swear. Endure the pain. Don't complain. Fold his clothes. Cook his dinner. Keep him happy. That's a woman's job. You'll make a good wife someday. Take his last name. You hyphenated your name. Crazy feminist. Give him children. You don't want children? You will someday. He'll change your mind. Be a lady, they said. Don't get raped. Don't drink too much. Don't walk alone. Don't go out too late. Don't dress like that. Don't get drunk. Don't smile at strangers. Don't go out at night. Don't trust anyone. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Just be a lady, they said. All right. 
That's intense. I highly, highly suggest y'all to go and look up this video because the words are strong, but the video is strong too. Yeah. It's called Be a Lady, they said. It's so good. And it's on YouTube. Um, is there anything that stuck out like immediately for you, Leah? Um, <clears throat> for me, it was towards the end where it's like, don't walk alone. Mm-hmm. Don't say no. Don't say yes. Don't do growing up. I was always told I have this like fear of being alone because I'm always going to get stolen and raped. Yep. And it's like instilled in me that I like everywhere I go, I'm always like, I have to keep my head on a swivel. I have to have my keys in my hand, ready Mm -hmm. to go punch Mm -hmm. if I need it. Yep. When I went to college, my dad was like, here's pepper spray just in case you need it. Yeah. He thought about getting me a taser. Yes. Um, and that's absolutely crazy that I have been instilled in this fear of living life. Yeah. Like, don't leave the house past nine at night because yep. something can happen to you. Don't go to the gas station. Don't go to McDonald's by yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't do this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. But there's times where I have to do that and I'm so scared to leave. Yeah. Don't park in a parking garage if you're going to have to go there late at night. Park under the light. Yeah. Park under the light. Um, don't scroll on your phone in your car. Have your phone ready. Always check the back seat before you get into your car. Check when you're in the car. Check yep. around your car. Yep. And not to mention all of these like, hey, um, gosh, I don't even know. There's so many things of like, hey, that could potentially be someone trying to trick you. Like if you see a person with a baby stroller um, carrying groceries, don't stop because there's probably nothing in the baby stroller and they're just going to get into your car and kill you. I have this also fear of people following me home. Yeah. Always. Yes. Always. If a car just somehow turns twice the same way I do, I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, he's going to walk into my house and take me. Yeah. When Alex isn't home, I'm afraid that I'm going to, my house is going to get broken into. Yeah. Share your location. Mm -hmm. Like in the dating world, I have to share my location everywhere I go, go to a public place, make sure he doesn't follow me out. And, but these were just ingrained in me as a kid. Yes. Same. Going off of that, when I was in high school, we were taught rad in PE. Yeah. Which is rape aggression defense. Mm. Imagine when you're 15 years old mm-hmm. and you're being taught that. Yeah. That's so scary well, to think about. There was a phrase in there that said, don't get raped. Yeah. Which <laughs> implies that it's a choice. Yes. You know, that like, hey, don't let it be your fault. Yeah. You know, if this Cause, happens. Because what you wore, yeah. you asked for it. Yeah. For me, the overarching message of that video is uh, an impossibility. <laughs> That we're told, like, don't be too thin, um, be a size zero, but don't be too fat, but don't eat too much. Why are you eating so much? And and then, like, don't wear clothes that are too short. Why are you such a prude? Uh, It's impossible. It's just amazing, like, just to hear all of these, like, statements, literally one right after the other. That have been said to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I, I mean, I have goosebumps right now because it's just crazy mm-hmm. to think about it. Like, girls in in high school can't wear sleeveless stuff, but the boys can. Yeah, because it's too distracting. Yeah, it's too. Literally, when we were in high school, um, we couldn't wear. Yeah, we couldn't wear sleeveless tops or shorts past our fingertips because it was distracting to the boys. Yeah, that that was the reason. And, that's absurd, mm-hmm. but boys can wear sleeveless tops that go down to past their ribs mm-hmm. and it'd be completely fine. Yeah, and I think besides that, like the problem with that is an ingrained a sense of self or lack of sense of self of like what your purpose as a woman is on earth. Mm-hmm. right it, we are here to there's another part in that video that was like um keep him happy cook his food fold his laundry um take his last name take his last name wait you, you hyphenated? hyphenated like crazy feminist yes. <laughs> that's absolutely absurd mm-hmm. yeah I'm like what yeah it, it's an impossibility and i do think that it's 
I think that it's always been like this, but I also think the awareness of it is generational Mm -hmm. because a lot of that was just what we did. You know, when my grandmother was getting married or even my mom, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that is like, yeah, you crazy feminist. You think that gender roles don't exist. You want your husband to go to work and help you in the house. Like, yes, I, this is a partnership. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think it's just, it's really sad and it's sad because it's true. Like listening to that video, like gives me like a pit in my stomach. And like, I was literally like clenching the microphone watching it just because it made me so uncomfortable to realize like that this is the culture that we live in and how do we fix it? How do we change it? And how do we, how do I get the things that are ingrained, excuse me, out of my mind Mm -hmm. so that I can have a sense of self and humanness again. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think it, a lot of it is generational, like you said earlier, because it just like brings me back to when I was younger, my dad was raising me, my mom, like I had said previously had early onset Alzheimer's, so she wasn't there. Right. So I based my self worth off of what a man told me. And that was, Mm -hmm. you must look skinny at all times to know who you are and how you're, how far you're going to get in life. Right. Which you said, talked about in the other episode Mm -hmm. about like, you have to be visibly beautiful and skinny Mm -hmm. so that you can get a good job, be successful, be successful, get a husband, all this, that, and the other. And it's still ingrained in me in that thought of that. I'm not good enough to yeah. succeed in life because I had a freaking baby. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. But you fulfilled your role as a woman yes. now because you had a baby. Yes. Oh, you don't want to have kids. Oh, don't worry. You will. And if you don't have kids, then you're not really fulfilling your role as a woman. Like, are you sure you want that? Yeah. Which is crazy. And now that you've had a baby, you have this whole other set of like gender roles assumed and put onto you yeah I mean there's times where I feel like I've done everything I need and I am no longer important right right which is I know I keep on saying the same thing but it's like what Mm -hmm. we need to stop accepting that like I am a human being yes I brought a child into this world Mm -hmm. I should be praised for that Mm -hmm. and not be told okay good job let's make another one right Right. That's not like, what, that's not who your I body am. is only a, a vessel of which to like perpetuate mankind. And after that, like get back in the kitchen and get, get your body back. Oh, wait. Also, you just had a baby and six weeks later, I need you to go back and make more money. But you shouldn't really go back into the working force. Wait, you're putting your kid in daycare. You need to stay at home with your kid. What a terrible mom you are. Oh, wait you're not working to help provide for bills. That's you. That's all on you. How are, how's your husband going to love you if, if you can't literally do it all? If you stay at home and you're a day, a stay at home mom, I need you to make sure that the house is clean, that the food is made, that the baby's taken care of, the laundry's done. But I also need you to make money towards this house mm-hmm. to help pay for bills. Yeah. Again, it's an impossibility. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, So growing up in the South for me with the, you know, being in a Christian household, going to church my whole life, um, literally, I don't even think that I realized how much it affected me until probably the last two years, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a typical, you know, youth group, Christian church, um, Christian household, And I think one of the biggest things that were taught outside of literally the gospel and Jesus loving you and who God was in your relationship with the Lord, bigger than that was how to be um, sexually pure. Mm -hmm. Literally, I feel like that's what we talked about the majority of the time as a junior high high school student yeah was saving yourself for marriage Mm -hmm. that as a woman okay you are a few different things right you're 
a brand new clean white piece of paper. And every time you give yourself away sexually, you're ripped off and crumpled up. And who wants to use a crumpled up, ripped up piece of paper? No one will ever want that. You need to give your future husband the gift of a clean, white, non-ripped, uncrumpled piece of paper. And again, another analogy, you're a Christmas present. And if you give yourself away in any capacity sexually, you're basically a used, unwrapped Christmas present that no one's going to want. It's going to stay under the tree forever. So save yourself because that's what your husband will want. And again, you're less than and unworthy and used and gross if any part of you is given away sexually prior to your wedding night. But don't worry, guys. God made sex and sex is good. And the moment that your wedding night comes, anything's free game and it's all okay. How does that make sense? Do you think that like your entire mentality growing up just switches overnight? No. To where you feel safe in your in your like bed with your husband? When you've been told your whole life that having sex is going to make you a disgusting whore? God. I, ours wasn't that intense. Ours consisted of the boys and the girls mm-hmm. separating. Mm-hmm. Girls having deep in depth conversation about Ruth and Esther and Mary and all their roles in the Bible and how they become who they are. And then the boys are over in the gym playing dodgeball. Right. Having zero conversation about it. Right. And I'd like there, we've talked about it before. There's a TikTok. Yes. Of, um, her name is, I I don't know what her real name is, but her like character name is Jesse Beth. Yes. And, her and a guy were like, tonight we're really going to talk about purity and girls, we're just going to, you know, just show how much we love Jesus by being pure. And the guy's like, and yeah, guys, we're about to go to the gym and play some dodgeball. Let's go. Good luck, girls. this doesn't have anything to do with us. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's so funny because literally that, that was, happened. That yeah. was our life. That, that was, was my life. life. Yeah. Yeah. And then as an adult now, having gone through an unexpected divorce, you know, I was a virgin when I got married and that was really important to me because there was so much shame and guilt of this is designed for your marriage and your marriage only. And I was like, yes, I made it to the freaking finish line. A 29 year old virgin. I made it to the finish line. I get to enjoy this now with my husband And then I get divorced unexpectedly and I'm thrust back into the single life as a, you know, 31 year old adult. And I'm like, so now what do I do? Because I will never only have one sexual partner, which is what I was told my whole life is the only way that I will be like good enough. So now what? Right? And I'm literally in therapy trying to figure out like Christian culture and purity as a divorced adult and how to like reconcile the shame and guilt that was taught to me as a child versus like true freedom and like in the gospel and what the Bible actually says about who we are in Christ. And it's so much more than just having sex or not having sex. But again, going back to like how we were raised, it's just crazy that still as a 33 year old adult, I have still struggling with that terrified of being slut shamed Mm -hmm. or like, yeah. What if I kiss on a first date? What if I, you know what I mean? Well, you've all, you've come to me a couple of times and you're like, how am I still worthy? Exactly. Uh, like you are, mm-hmm. you are worthy. Like th- it, y- your ma- you, your sexual experience should mm-hmm. not matter who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. 
It shouldn't, but it does. But that's what we're taught, right? Yeah. That's what that's what this whole episode is about is your worth in a in a woman as we're told it's not true, right? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be true, it's not true, but your worth and value in a woman is how you can present yourself to the world. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's like a joke around our office sometimes with some of our friends about like how girls with multiple sexual partners are called whores, but there's literally not a name for that for men. And no, there is a player. Oh yeah. Which doesn't have any, it's, oh yeah, you play a man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But she's a whore. Right. For sleeping around for the same amount of people that he slept with. Right. And how many guys have you talked to that have been like, oh yeah, I definitely want to get with her because she's like been around, but I mean, I wouldn't like date her. Yeah. I wouldn't ever like marry a girl like that, but hell yeah, I'm going to get with her. Yeah. (laughs) I I just have no words. I like this topic is so infuriating. Yeah. That I like, I want to say so much stuff, but I can't Mm -hmm. because I'm just so blinded and infuriated by comments like that. Yeah. So, um, again, trigger warning, but so when I was 18 years old, um, I still had never been kissed. Okay. I had a romantic fairy tale built up in my head of the perfect like movie first kiss, right? Knee pop in the rain, you know, just like princess diaries kind of thing. Yes. And I had come back from, it was winter break after my freshman year of college. And my family and I went to a restaurant and this guy that I had gone to high school with was our server, but he was like three or four years older than me, but he was like one of the really cute soccer players from high school. And I came back, you know, freshman in college, like college girl. And he was like, you look super familiar. And I was like, he's talking my gosh, we went to high school together. And he was like, well, you should come back to my house tonight. I'm having a party. And I was like, okay, cool. So 18 year old Carrie, you know, goes home, puts on her black gaucho pants. Yes. And platform shoes, shoes, cute little top, Mm -hmm. scrunched my hair, you know, did the whole thing. And I get to his house and there's literally no one else there. And I was like, am I early? And he was like, yeah, people will be coming here later. Um, Well, I could clearly smell like alcohol on him and he had been smoking. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of what happened, but he forced himself onto me um, and did things to me while I was crying and begging him to stop. Um, until he finished and then asked me to leave. And that was my first experience of anything. My first kiss and, you know, like I said, things that were done to me while I was crying, asking him to stop. And I didn't know what to do with that. And I went home numb, like, I... The naivety, naivety, whatever, of me thought, well, clearly this guy has feelings for me and like maybe we're going to start dating now. Like that's literally where my head was because why would, why else would, why else would he do that? And it took me three days of calling him for him to not answer. So I got on a friend's phone, called him, finally got a hold of him. And I was just like, what happened? what was that? And he literally said, I'll never forget it. Just one of those things, I guess. And then hung up. 10 plus years later, the Me Too movement happens. And I'm starting to hear all of these stories of all of these women. And it took me 10 years, Leah, to be able to say the words, I was sexually abused. Because I, it, it never crossed my mind. I went there. Yeah. It's your fault. It was my fault. You didn't think too much into it. No. You just thought that it was a party. Yeah. I went to his house and he did what he did and I left and it's my fault. It was my fault for going there and that's what you get, right? It's just one of those things. 
And literally until the Me Too movement happened, I didn't have the vocabulary to say that was sexual abuse. And, you know, people are like, well, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you like report it? And I'm like, report what? I, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. And <laughs> five years later, right? He's, he worked at a restaurant with me. He came in and I had been working there and he applied. And so we were servers at a restaurant together and he had no idea who I was. And every time he would come up behind me, like at the expo line or whatever, and like put his hand on my shoulder, Mm -hmm. I literally would want to like crumble and die and like cry. And I think that that again, just goes to show like (laughs) having a voice for that 10 years later, people still say like, well, what were you wearing? Like, did you, like, did you come on to him? Did you? And I was like, what no. did you do to? Yeah. What did you this? do to deserve that? Well, it could have been way worse, Carrie. Like, sh- okay. And it's just really sad. Like, do you want to like what you were telling me earlier? Yeah, I have never told anybody this until yeah. this morning, and I didn't really think about it until the drive over here. Um, I was staying at my boyfriend at the time's house. This is in college. I was staying at his house his fraternity house and he was out of town and I went into his bedroom. I locked the door. Didn't want anybody to bother me. Well, in the middle of the night, this guy starts banging on the door and he, um, gets into the room and I was sleeping. He gets into the room and he's like, Leah. And I don't remember because it's been blocked out of my mind for years, but he like asked for something. He wanted me to do something. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not leaving until you do this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm in a relationship. I'm not doing that. He's like, well, I'm not leaving until you do it. Come on, Leah, just do it for me. Yeah. Just do it for me. I won't tell anyone. I won't tell your boyfriend. Just do it for me. Yeah. And I was like, no. I was like, I'll do, I'll, I'll do one thing. Yeah. And if you leave me alone. Right. And he was like, okay, fine. So I did it. Yeah. And then he left. Yeah. Like, and what you were telling me this I morning, I haven't, I didn't tell my boyfriend mm-hmm. the next day. I didn't tell him that night. I didn't even tell him after right. like, well, and not, not a soul knows about that. Yeah. Until I told you and now everybody else. Yeah. But, and the reason behind not telling anyone was cause I would be called a slut and easy. Yeah. And you have, they would see just me in the spotlight and not him Mm -hmm. forcing himself into the room and demanding something from you and the shame and guilt associated with that night. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of the repercussion and like holding men accountable in those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, like at the beginning we talked about that this is not, this is not, everyone, right? There are wonderful men of course out there that are respectful and kind and advocate for women. Um, but there are also men out there that are entitled to mm-hmm. whatever they want from us. And I think everyone has a story like that. And I'm just here to say like, you're allowed to have a voice you're allowed to use big, scary words like sexual abuse, and that doesn't make you dramatic or over-exaggerating. Like, that's part of your story, and that's okay. And I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into being a woman factually, you know, in our life as an experience, Leah, I know you've done a lot of research on, um, the facts of like pink tax and just like that experience of being a woman. Do you want to touch on that? 
Yeah. Um, so I did a little research on pink tax. And if you don't know what pink tax is, it refers to the tendency for products marked specifically towards women to be more expensive than those marked for men. Um, it's often attributed to gender-based price discrimination with the name stemming from observation that many of the affected products are pink. Interesting. So with that being said, I went to Kroger last night. Okay. And I was like, let's just do a little research here and let's see what I got. I looked up. I think it was Dove shampoo, Dove body wash. Okay. Let me, sorry, I'm double checking this real quick. Okay. So for women's Dove body wash, it is $7.49. For men's Dove body wash, $6.99. Tell me how that makes sense. Tell me how that makes any sense whatsoever. And also, like, the Dove's Men Plus Care. Um, typically, sometimes it has, like, uh, like body wash, hair, shampoo, and conditioner, three in one, and it's still cheaper than yeah. women's body wash. Yeah. And you general. were looking at the Gillette razors, too, right? I did look at the Gillette razors. Um, I didn't take a picture of them, but there was at least, like, a... There was one there for was the a, women a that Venice, was Venice, Venice, <laughs> Venice Beach, Manos Bach, Italy. <laughs> um, there was a Venus Gillette that had two razors in it for 14. 14. And then there was a Gillette men's with two razors in it. That was originally for $11. But marked down to six. seven. Oh, seven dollars. Either one. Yeah. Besides the point on sale for way cheaper. Yeah. Literally next to each other. Yeah. Um, and I read that a study in 2015 from the New York City Department of Consumer Affairs found that products marked towards women and girls cost an average of 7% more than those marked towards boys and men. So I had also went to go buy a chair for Reagan, like a navy blue chair. Yeah. And it was like 20 bucks, but the pink chair was 40 bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah. There was like a huge difference on that. I tried to find some on Amazon last night and I couldn't find it. Um, but I, there has been many a times where I've heard of this pink tax and I was like, let me just see if it's a thing. And, yeah. it, and it legit is a thing. Right. There's also a tampon tax too. Yeah. Okay. I have heard about the tampon tax, did research on it. So basically what it comes down to is in some states, there's a vending machines for Snickers, right? You're mm -hmm. not taxed on Snickers because it's considered a necessity of life. Okay. But if a woman needs a, peer, needs a pad, a tampon, anything, they get taxed on those. <sighs> so there are 30 states that have the tampon tax. Um, and I have... Pulled up Louisiana and Tennessee. Okay. Louisiana does have the tampon tax, um, but they tried to eliminate the tax in 2019. It went to Senate, stalled, and revived and was sent to the House, and it hasn't been touched since. So Louisiana still has the tampon tax. A necessity for life. Right, but Snickers isn't taxed. And, <laughs> and in Tennessee. Yeah still has taxes on menstrual products. Wow. And I saw that uh, women in the United States are estimated to spend an additional $150 million on, per year on menstrual products. Because they're a necessity of life? Yes. Yes. So I'm paying more money because my body is doing a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, 
mind blowing that like that is how that is a fact of the world that we live in yes that that is accepted yeah now there are people there are um groups that are trying to break these taxes there are states that do not have the tampon tax california being one of them um and it's crazy to think or it's mind-blowing to think that like they're taking advantage of us yeah in a vulnerable state yeah leah when did you start taking birth control i was 18 years old okay and i probably stopped short after that Mm -hmm. because it was so expensive okay i think i started taking birth control when i was like 16 um simply because my periods were so bad that I, I think I talked about this on the period episode, like my back literally would spasm and my periods were so heavy and so painful that they would like put me in the bed for a couple days. Right. So my mom took me to the OB-GYN office and I got prescribed a very, very, very low dose estrogen pill to start, to start helping my periods. Right. And I think I was on birth control, gosh, well into my twenties. Okay. Um, just on the pill, um, didn't have a period for several years because of it. And then coming off of birth control, when I got divorced, um, because it was too expensive, I didn't have insurance at the time and it was a hundred dollars a month for me to, yeah, have birth control and I wasn't sexually active at the time. Um, and so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to have to deal with the side effects of not being on birth control. Cause I can't freaking afford a hundred dollars a month. Right. I'm not worried about getting pregnant and I'm just gonna have to deal with it. So I came off birth control. Um, and it was crazy cause it was the first time I'd come off of birth control in, I don't, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Right. And I literally had no idea, but I like felt like myself again. And I can't, I can't Many explain pe- it. There's been a lot of our friends that have said that too. Yeah. So I pulled up um, a website just on healthline.com and it was, you know, there's all kinds of different birth controls. There's the pill, there's the patch, there's the ring, there's the depot shot, there's the IUD, there's all these different kinds. Right. And so let's talk about some side effects of birth control. Mm -hmm. Okay. For women that are, um, assumed to be expected to be on some kind of birth control, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not it's actively every every woman. Every woman should be on birth control. Right. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Hormonal changes. Okay. Birth control pills and patches work by alternating your hormones, which may lead to unwanted side effects such as acne and fatigue. Um, mood changes. Birth control will affect your mood change. Uh, while some experience reduced anxiety, some others experience increased depression, migraines, acne, breast changes, blood clotting, appetite changes, bloating and nausea, weight fluctuations, vaginal irritation, possible cancer, hair growth reduction, and increased blood pressure. Those are the common side effects of being on birth control. Going back to the conversation about being a woman in a man's world, right? Why are we not having more conversations about the male responsibility to prevent unwanted pregnancy? Well, they are. Condoms. Duh. Mm. Right, but That's it doesn't. It. That they don't. They but don't I need don't, anything else. But they don't want to wear condoms, Lee, because it doesn't. It's not as nice. You know, that's a very valid point. Right, right. So super valid point. Don't worry, guys. I'll take care of it. I will deal with having hormonal changes, weight gain, hair loss, cancer, um, blood pressure, anxiety, and depression, so that it feels better for you. For you, while I fake it. While I fake it. <laughs> 
So there's that, yeah. again, as a fact of a life, again, my experience, okay, as a woman, being on the pill, and then coming off of the pill, and having a completely new sense of, like, mental clarity, and, like, physical, a, a physical reaction to being off of the pill, and just, like, feeling like myself again but we're expected to do that because that's what we do we're women right you're on the pill right you've got the IUD right you got your tube side right does that do you think those are ever like will those ever be conversations with guys ever in the future I I think I'm going I'm going back to what I said earlier, that there are some men out there that are 100% willing to have those conversations that are supportive and encouraging and 50-50, right? But do I think that that's the majority? No. No. I really don't. Um, What about you? Do I think that that's going to be a thing? Yeah. No. What's it like? And like in your relationship with Alex, you know, with, um, with all of this, you know, you're married, I'm single. So we have different experiences with that. For me being a single person, um, it is expected of me to, if I ever am going to enter into a sexual relationship, it is expected of me to make sure that I'm taken care of so that I don't get pregnant, Right. It's my responsibility, period. So for you guys, like what is what are those conversations? Are they conversations or maybe past relationships? Like have you had, have you met a guy that was like kind and open and encouraging and willing to share responsibility? Um, well, I got on birth control because I was sexually active and didn't want to have a child because you never know what the outcome is and who that person is if you have a baby with them. Right. So that was for me. Well, and you also might get kidnapped and raped. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be on birth control to prevent against that. But don't be on birth control because if God gave you a baby, you need to have that baby. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, in the relationship that I'm in now, that was never a conversation of if I'm on birth control or not. Okay. Um, and Alex has been a hundred percent supportive of it. Yeah. Um, actually I think I started to do it when we first started dating because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want, sorry, dad, if you're listening to this, (laughs) (laughs) I just realized that same thing with you, brother. Um, (laughs) I have been pure my whole life. Until I had my baby. Um, And even that was immaculate conception. (laughs) Um, But I think I was on it at the beginning of our relationship. But then I started to realize the negative effects of it and the cost of it. Yeah. Because that was an expense that I couldn't afford. Yes. Um, So then I told Alex, I was like, look, this isn't working out for me. Mm. I, I just can't. So we came to terms where he was like, that's fine. I'll just wear a condom. Okay. And thinking about it now, in my past relationship, he didn't want to wear a condom. And I was like, you either wear a condom and I'm on birth control mm-hmm. or we don't do it. Right. He's like, well, it cuts off the circulation. I was like, there are different sizes of condoms. You can try them out. Okay. <laughs> he ended up doing it. And then, okay. <laughs> so now, funny. yeah. So now back to my marriage. Yeah. Um. So... We had a baby and, um, after, so the first conversation that I had with my OBGYN, she was like, okay, you just had a baby. Let's get you on birth control. First conversation, like (laughs) getting off of my hormones and stuff. She's like, let's prevent another baby from happening, which I will. Yes. Yes. Okay. After the experience of birth, I will wait forever until I'm ready. Um, but that's the first conversation you have. Okay. You need to start thinking of contraceptives, nothing about the man Mm. and what he needs to do. It's you, but I mean, that's in the 
doctor's office, of course, that's, Mm -hmm. she's talking to me about it. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go on birth control, the pill, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't taking it normally. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do with it. And I was like, I can't do this. So I told Alex, I was like, I'm not going to be on birth control. Like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the way I feel on it. I don't want to do it. Like, let's just practice safe sex until we are ready to have another one. Right. Alex has been fine with it ever since. It's great. He's very, Alex, I will say he is very, um, supportive of my decisions. Yeah. He's never pushed back on anything. Now we talk about like having more kids in the future Mm -hmm. and I want two, he wants three Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, after two, are you going to get, yeah. And he's like snipped. Yeah. A little snappy snap. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Do you know that's an outpatient procedure? Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, did you know that's an outpatient procedure? (laughs) But you know, what's crazy about it is it's such a small procedure, but it's treated as if it is a big old thing and they got to go home with a care package and peas and make sure that your wife takes care of you. But I have a baby coming out of my vagina and I am bleeding for six weeks after mm-hmm. bleeding, not, yes. not spotting, gushing blood. Yes. And I'm expected to go back to work. Right. Yeah. Like what? So Alex has said that he's not going to do it. That's a conversation that we're going to have whenever the time comes. Sure. But I think it will be a mutual dis. Uh, agreement mm-hmm. on whatever decision we come to. Yeah. Um, but I, I have been open and honest with every relationship that I have been in that yeah. you either do this or this isn't happening. Yeah. And it's always ended up being in my way. And I, that doesn't happen with everybody. And I've been yeah. super blessed and lucky to have people that understand. Yes. So, um, I, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think wrapping up this conversation, we have to talk about like, what could it look like? What should it look like? What do we want it to look like moving forward, you know, in conversations and friendships and relationships to stop perpetuating the cycle of needing to be whatever men and culture need us to be as women you know what does that look like on a day-to-day basis in your relationship and my relationships um you know and I touched on this briefly a little bit ago but like again being like a 33 year old single adult most of my friends are in relationships Mm -hmm. most of well most of my friends are in marriages Mm -hmm. okay and so I am always that odd number in a group of people, right? And I am very fortunate to have great friendships with the husbands of all of my girlfriends, right? I feel like we're all very close. Mm. My friends in Johnson City, my friends here, you know, I've been in small groups with them. I feel very comfortable around Alex. Um, I feel like Alex has been a really good friend to me you know, uh, several friends that are, that are all married. Right. Um, but as a single woman, right. I hold a sense of responsibility in every choice conversation and movement that I make because of the fear of being viewed as, you know, a flirt or like, why is she talking to my husband? Why is she texting my husband? Why is my husband doing this with her? When in reality, if any of my other friends who had husbands, you know, went out to lunch, it wouldn't be anything because they're in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. If Alex and Erica went out for lunch, it's like not a big deal because they're friends and they're both married and not a big deal. But if I went out to lunch with Alex, it would be like, wait, why is Carrie and Alex just going to lunch? I wouldn't say that just FYI but other people would be there's always this like thought in my mind about that like Mm -hmm. what are other people thinking about you about him about me yeah if that situation situation were to ever arise yeah as like what are as the married woman Mm -hmm. what are what's everybody thinking about the other two 
right behind my back right quote and, but not even just you literally in every friendship that I have like yeah. one of my best friends uh, literally both of my best friends Nathan and Kate Burris they live in Florida right mm-hmm. and I have very very close relationships with both of them Nathan and I used to work together um you know we formed a great friendship and now Kate Kate and I have been best friends for several years. Um, but there have been several times where Nathan and I, you know, well, Kate's out of town and Nathan and I will like go grab food or whatever. And it's literally not a big deal at all. Right. But in my mind, I am conscious of every single text message I send, conversation I have of like, am I being respectful? Am am like, what are other people gonna think? Is this crossing the line? Is this okay? And it's very frustrating for me as a single person when, again, if a married person, two married people, right, went out with each other as friends, it wouldn't have even been a conversation. But because I'm single, like, I could potentially be a homewrecker, right? Yes. But I also think that there is still that like stigma of two married people Mm. going out to lunch. There could be that question of thought. Yeah. Have I thought that about two married people that I know going out to lunch together? Yes. Mm. Because I I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. I don't know the conversations that are happening. Like, are they talking about the weather? Are they talking about other things that they should not be talking about? Yeah. But that's just who I am as a person. Like, yeah. I think that there are some boundaries that ha- that you have set up in your mind. But I also think for me personally, like, there's boundaries set up in my mind, too, as yeah. a married woman. Yeah. Because I don't want people to get the wrong image. If I were to go out to lunch with Brian, mm-hmm. that I'm trying to... Like, go behind Alex. Yes. Or that Brian, as a single person, is, like, trying to step in. Yes behind Alex too yes when in reality we're all just friends and I just and want like queso yeah so maybe this is another conversation but like again as a single woman feeling like I have a responsibility yeah. to be a certain person for men and culture it's like am I allowed to have male friendships without it immediately turning sexual right I and I don't know I, I would hope so because clearly I have a lot of male yeah. friends right now. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's all part of the conversation of like being a woman, you know, and everything that we've talked about it, being a woman, that's something that I have to keep in my mind 24 seven. Have you ever thought about like in, I know that we're trying to wrap up things, but have you ever thought about in a relationship? Mm hmm the boyfriend cheats on the girlfriend uh-huh. and whose fault is it? <laughs> it's not the man's. It's the woman. It's the woman's fault. Yeah. The girlfriend gets mad at the woman, not at the boyfriend. Yeah. She gets mad at him, but not as pissed as the girlfriend. Right. So that's kind of like the situation that we're in right now. Like, yeah. Why aren't we holding the man to the same standard? Yeah. As we do as the woman. In anything and everything in life. Mm -hmm. How many times have you heard, like, my husband cheated on me, but I get it because I just wasn't feeling very sexual and I wasn't giving him what he needed, so he just had to go find it somewhere else. And I'll work on that. Yeah. My (laughs) friends and I had a conversation on, would you forgive your husband if he cheated on you after you just had a baby? Mm. That is, like, the last thing I ever wanted was anything sexual after having a baby yeah would I accept it because I wasn't paying attention to my husband yeah not to mention all the hormones and your body's changing and you don't feel sexual you're self-conscious in your body you're trying to care for a new human would you blame yourself for that Mm. I've had people say yes wow no I wouldn't accept it he he messed up Right. He should have been understanding. Right. But it's my fault because I didn't pay enough attention to him because it's my responsibility to pay attention to both my husband and my baby the same amount. Yeah. And also get your body back. Oh, yeah. But I have to go to work. But don't go to work because you need to take care of your kid because you're a bad mom if you take your kid to daycare. (laughs) Wait. Hmm. Don't put him in daycare because you need to take care of bills. 
it's just like an, Again, endless, an cycle endless cycle that never ends and yeah. that's it that's what going back to that video yeah yeah be a size zero be a double zero be nothing you're too skinny yeah. you're too fat yeah it's all about your looks you're gonna succeed in life if you're bigger if you're a skinnier beautiful woman yeah you need to wear more makeup you need to fix your hair for your husband yeah but also even just the personality stuff right like be timid. Don't speak up. Why don't you have a voice? Don't be so assertive. They'll think you're a bitch. And it's like, again, like being in the work f workforce of like, why can this man like be so assertive and dominating and that makes him a leader. But the moment that I step up and be assertive and dominating, like I'm just a bitch. Like, why are you doing? No, you have no right to say anything. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of, um, like, female actresses mm. being interviewed. Ugh. Okay? I don't know if y'all have seen the videos of it, but the male, hey, how'd you get into character? What was your diet consist of? Like, who do you... Who inspired yes. you into this role? While the female gets, well, what kind of thong do you wear? What kind of underwear do you wear under that suit? Yeah. Literally, yeah, and she was like, or the Taylor Swift interview where they were like, man, you're going to be taking home a ton of men tonight, and she was like, um, I'm not taking anyone home tonight, thank you. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> but I think, and and I think that now the women are stepping up, yeah, which I think is, but don't be a freaking feminist, Leah. Right. <laughs> God. <laughs> It's just like, I, f I feel like once, so I think society is based off of social media and mm -hmm. movies yeah. and we do things because of what we see. Yes. So now we are seeing more of the actresses stepping up, showing that, hey, I can be beautiful and breastfeed. Yeah. Hey, I can pump while I'm taking these beautiful pictures of yeah. myself. I can have rolls and I can have armpit hair and I can put my kid in daycare or I can go to work or I can wear no makeup or I can door dash every day. And like your value and your worth is not defined by any of that. And I think it's slowly, very slowly becoming a, a normal thing. Yeah. So to close this conversation, Leah, how can we help today and our friendships and our circles? What does this look like for us? I mean, I think as women in the industry that we're in is pushing those boundaries yeah. to make it more normal. So having those hard conversations, like one of the realist, one of the realist realtors that we work with, she's not afraid to have tough conversations and push back when a guy's pushing on her. Mm -hmm. That sounded, yeah. Having tough conversations. She's not hard. She's not timid with that. Yeah. So having those conversations of being like open and honest and being like, you know what? I don't like that. I think holding women to the same standard as men yeah in the industry that we're in too or just yeah. in general in life yeah so having those conversations with men mm -hmm. like periods are normal yeah it's not yes. disgusting yeah like I don't need to hide my tampon in my sleeve when I'm walking to the bathroom yeah <laughs> which I've done my whole life uh, I had some sitting in my pocket yesterday yeah I so for me I think the conversation going off of what you just said is like we need to empower those around us and like push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. And like if if you're not happy with something, say it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to fake who you are to, to appease the men around you or the culture that we live in. <coughs> Excuse me. But I also want you to know that whatever you're choosing for yourself is okay. If you want to put your kid in daycare and go back to work a week after you had your kid, okay, that's your choice. And you're not less of a mom for doing that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to stay at home and never go back to work, great, do that. You're not less of a badass for doing that. 
Right. And there shouldn't be a comparison. Yeah. There shouldn't be a comparison. And I would just encourage everyone to like really dig deep into any shame and guilt that you've had in your life growing up or any sexual abuse that you've experienced. You know, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. It's been really, really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. But just know that like your story is your own. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm sorry if anyone or anything has happened to you without your consent. Mm -hmm. And also just know that like your worth is not defined in your sexual count or the length of your hair or the size of your jeans. And being a woman is a beautiful, beautiful experience, hard, wonderful experience. And I would love to hear about yours. We would. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also I know, like we've said before, like, I don't want to discount men in this cause I know that being a man has its own experience for sure. Um, and you guys have ups and downs as well. And I think that there are amazing, incredible men out there that are partnering with their women and empowering them and being in incredible partnerships and like kudos to you guys. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, and if any of this is like pissed you off today because you have a different opinion, great. Let us know. Come catch me outside. Yeah, catch us outside. But also maybe like look at yourself and see how you're advocating for the women in your life. And if you're not, step up, dude. Step it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, we would love to hear from you guys. Mm -hmm. You can always find us on Rock the Boat Sis Instagram. DM us. Um, We would love to hear from you. Thank you guys for going into these deep waters with us today um it's been kind of heavy on us and this was a hard conversation for both of us um but we love you and we're committed to talking about all the things being comfortable and uncomfortable i think that this one definitely hits a chord with all of us and we appreciate you coming along for the ride yeah we love you guys we love you guys and uh again just remember you're not alone in your experience um here for you we love you we love you come stop by again yeah make some waves today get out there have an amazing weekend we love you love you Bye. bye